friends to another live conversation on Alatra TV. Today we have a very special guest with us from New Jersey, United States. And before I introduce him, I would like to remind our viewers the format of our program tonight. So tonight we will get to know our guest and we will find out how does he envision creative society and building a society we all can be proud of. So if you never heard about Creative Society, it is a project on the platform of Alatra International Public Movement. It is run by volunteers from over 140 different countries in order to find out how do we envision our future? How do we envision a creative society where everyone is happy and lives a fulfilled life? So tonight, my name is Olga and my co-host is Steve. Welcome, Steve. And with us, we have our special guest is Luis Devlut. Welcome, Luis. I think he's still battling his microphone, so I'm going to introduce him again. So it's Luis, and he's a spiritual teacher and a writer. So welcome to the program. I think you muted yourself. Can you try to unmute? Okay, we'll wait. No problem. I'm <laughs> sorry right. about that. That's okay. We can to, hear uh, you now. <laughs> I wanted to keep it from echoing. You know, these Zoom uh, meetings sometimes uh, have little audio issues. So. No problem. Uh, so welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. Yes. Tell us a little bit more about your background and what do you do? Um, well, my uh, family is originally from the Caribbean, so my uh, my parents immigrated up to the United States uh, back in the 70s, uh, and the, uh, I'm uh, one of eight uh, children uh, that they had. I'm the only one born um, in the United States mainland. But um, so, you know, coming to the land of opportunity, you know, there was a lot of excitement, you know, in my family about coming here. Uh, but, you know, I, I think uh, once they got here, they realized that, you know, um, there's opportunity for good and bad, you know? So, you know, there were some challenges and, um, you know, uh, my dad, you know, he played the piano, he was an entertainer. And so, uh, you know, that was uh, an interesting life, you know, music and everything. And uh, so once we uh, started to, you know, become Americanized, if you will, uh, you know, I got into the, you know, like the rap music and everything started producing music as a teenager and, um, you know, also started my like spiritual journey at that time around the age of 17. I started to really question life and, um, you know, look for an actual, you know, answer and everything. Uh, and, you know, that led me through some different revelations and, uh, you know, eventually I decided that I, I wanted to, you know, become a writer and uh, help, you know, spread, you know, spiritual wisdom to the world, Will. Louis, that's really, I, I like your story. I like what you're doing. And we, we always like to like dig a little deeper. I know uh, you mentioned before we came on that you're a journalist for a newspaper. Uh, you yeah. do some type of journalism work. So yes. in the spirit of journalism, I want to dig a little deeper. Tell us kind of a little bit about uh, your upbringing. You said you had to Americanize. Dig a little yeah. deeper in that. What kind of things 
uh, were exciting for you as you grew up in America, yeah. the Caribbean, how much Caribbean influence is still in your home today. Yeah. Uh, share with us a little more personal stuff. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I'd be happy to. Um, so my, uh, you know, my siblings, uh, the ones that are U.S. citizens, they were born, you know, like in St. Croix. So even down there, you know, it's, uh, it's not really the United States per se. So, you know, uh, you, like the, the economics of it and, you know, the access to nature, like how you can just walk to the beach or just pick fruit. It's a different kind of culture. So um, I guess there's a lot of propaganda in places like that about how great it is to live, you know, um, in the U.S. And, uh, you know, so that was what my parents were looking at, were getting when they, you know, actually my, my dad's from uh, Trinidad. Uh, he, he was from Trinidad. So, you know, down there it was definitely more economically difficult. Uh, and so he thought that moving his family up here would be a good thing, which I believe it was. Everything happens for a reason. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. So how did you overcome some of the challenges? Did someone help you? Was there a community to lift you guys up? What, you know, what helped you to become who you are today? Oh, uh, well, definitely. Uh, my dad, being a musician, that was what brought him to the United States. He was uh, the arranger for a band in the uh, islands called the Dutchie Brothers. And you can find their music on the internet. Uh, and uh, he made a lot of important connections through the music. Um, successful business people that happened to have like property in uh, St. Croix. And uh, eventually they convinced him to come up to the States that it would be like, you know, much more lucrative up here. And so, you know, again, it was that promise of um, you know, opportunity and everything that brought him up. And, uh, but, you know, ultimately, you know, I think you know, once, once they, my parents uh, got here, they, you know, they realized it is still really about, uh, you know, connection. So they were able to have a, a friend get them pretty much. It was like an abandoned home in Trenton. It was only $10,000 that the city wanted for it. Uh, and even back then, that's like not much money for a house. And um, so my mom, she grew up on a farm, you know, down in the island, St. Vincent, and she was very handy. It's, it, I come from a, a strange dynamic, like uh, as far as my parents, like my dad was an entertainer and, you know, oh, very creative and everything. And my mom, she was more like, you know, hands-on and practical. And uh, she would be the one to do like the, the handiwork around the house. And my dad, <laughs> you know, he would be, uh, you know, asleep until like 1 p.m. because he, you know, came in from the club 3 a.m., you know, and that's how, that's how we grew up, you know, very different yes. uh, kind of environment. That's awesome. And you also mentioned that you started your spiritual journey at the age of 17. So mm -hmm. how important it is right now in the society that we live in to bring back both spiritual and moral values into the society so we can become the real human beings that we meant to be. Yes. Def it's definitely important. Uh, I think that uh, I'm looking into, you know, actually we're working on an article right now about uh, millennials and whether they're, you know, the, you know, irresponsible, spoiled 
uh, generation they're portrayed as sometimes or whether they actually do have a sense of like responsibility and connection with nature and everything. And so I'm interested to see how that turns out. Uh, but uh, those are the ones that things really fall on. And uh, I personally believe that they do have more conscientiousness than we give them credit for. I think that they just are kind of fed up with the system, so they don't in, they don't necessarily interact with it too much. But <clears throat> they definitely seem to be active. For example, like in the Black Lives Matter movement uh, and in the movement against you know uh, any kind of you know inhumane behavior by the authorities, they seem to be very active in that and engaging in. So I think as long as we can communicate with them and give them like the education that they need, that they would have the energy and the, the you know, the focus to be able to take things into the next era. Mm. That's pretty powerful. And you mentioned, you've mentioned nature a few times now, Louise, um, and you talk about the millennials. I know they're big into climate change here in our show. We've talked a lot about, we're not going to get anywhere until we, uh, kind of reverse some of the damage we've done to our planet. Share with us a little bit about, from your perspective, how important it is for us to connect with and protect and take care of our planet uh, from that nature point of view. It's uh, very important. Um, you know, I, I am one who holds the belief that, uh, you know, nature is representative of, you know, the creative force. Like if you want to you know, say there is a God, uh, that that would be the best represent representation of what God is, is, a, you know, a force that clearly nurtures and bestows constantly, you know, you could think of it, of the sun, how, you know, it's constantly pouring out energy and sustaining life. It doesn't take anything in. It just uses up this internal, you know, force that it has. And uh, so, you know, I think nature is that, and, you know, mankind, humanity, we've, we have this uh, complex where we can't connect with nature, and I think that's the real problem, and, uh, you know, that's what some of the, uh, the spiritual studies I've been doing have revealed to me, uh, you know, that it's our disconnection with nature that is actually causing all of the problems, uh, but it's really, you know, it's, it's more of a symptom than the actual problem itself, which isn't even a problem. So it gets kind of deep and you get into like double meanings and all kinds of stuff. It's, you know, pretty interesting. Yes. And I agree that, you know, the root cause of many problems that we have right now is the way we interact. It's in a consumeristic type of way where profits really matter and people or nature comes in a second, you know. So it's very important to bring back um, humans up front and really like bring the human being as a center and of everything and make sure that human beings are taken care of because when we are taken care of, then we'll take care of nature. We'll take care of everything else that yes. follows. 
So right yeah. now we will talk a little bit more about Creative Society. And I know you got a chance to look up um, eight foundations of the Creative Society. And I just want to briefly tell our viewers that the Creative Society is a global project. It is an alternative to the way we live right now. And everyone needs to participate in this project because without even one person, it won't be possible. But right now I'd like to show the eight foundations of the Creative Society that was put together because we interviewed millions of people around the globe. And this is what they said they really want. So let's play those eight foundations, please. Thank you. Um, we, we talked before, Louise, and you mentioned that all of these were really important to you, but one that really kind of resonated deeply was foundation number eight. I'm going to ask our crack IT person uh, and our producer to pull up number eight on the screen for us so I can read it. And then we're going to ask you to comment on why this is such an important piece as we move forward with our Creative Society project. So if we could please see foundation number eight. And foundation number eight is the self-governing society. The concept of power in the creative society is absent since the responsibility for society as a whole, its development, living conditions, and harmonious format lies with each human. Everyone has the right to participate in the management of the affairs of the creative society and in the adaptation of laws, the adaption of laws to improve human life. The solution of socially important, socially significant, and economic issues that affect the quality of a human's life is submitted for public discussion and voting referendums. Lewis, tell us why this resonates with you and, and how do we, and more importantly, how might we get there? Um. It's, uh, it's definitely um, important to me and it resonates with me because uh, the you know, self-governance self is, that is spiritual enlightenment. So basically I, what my spiritual uh, revelations have taught me is that there's two paths you can take in creation, if you will. Uh, and uh, one is where nature is pushing you along you know, uh, like evolution, you know, grinding along, uh, getting molded and directed by different external forces that generally are unpleasant. And, uh, or there's a path where you can actually, we can, you know, pursue it now that we've developed to a certain point as, as human beings, where we can choose to move along uh, our development because, you know, physical evolution is done now. 
you know, all of the creatures have, you know, taken their forms they need to take and for the environments they need to survive in. So the evolution is still going on. It's just on a spiritual level. Uh, it's not evident to the five senses. Um, so, you know, that's the era we're in, uh, you know, the, the coronavirus era, if you will. Um, and uh, where connection is important, where we have to scrutinize our connections and uh, especially with nature and realize that nature is intelligent and spiritual more than just intelligent uh, and that it does respond to love and that generally as a species we don't really know what love is we're at the very beginning of uh, our spiritual awareness you know we're, uh, for the whole for the whole several thousand years I, I believe we've been mainly developing our ego which is involving you know the, the lower animalistic desires and we're at the end of that period where our ego can't develop any further so now it's now time to use that ego to, to develop into the further the next level of humanity wow this is such an in interesting uh, take on this self-governing society and also we talk a lot about personal responsibility and that it is so important right now to use that to build a creative society so Luis, what's your take on personal responsibility and how important is it um well there when when you get a certain uh level of uh you know, spiritual awareness, you, you realize that um, there really isn't anything other than, you know, the power that created everything and yourself, because you start to realize that everything outside of your uh, egoistic awareness is actually you as well. So there is nothing other than yourself and the creator. So once you see that these only these two elements exist, that you realize that the person that you're looking at, you know, on the street that you don't know, so to speak, is actually you, literally, you know, and that, <clears throat> so you would, you would act toward that person as you would act toward yourself, you know, and so it's a level, it's just a matter of spiritual education and for people to realize, you know, as, uh, you know, nature has shown us recently how connected we are, regardless of how our ego tries to convince us that we're in a bubble and we can't be affected by anyone else. So we see how connected we are and how uh, the whole planet is, you know, is affected. And it, it's uh, something coming from nature. It's, uh, you know, it's something that is actually a blessing in disguise because, you know, the hubris and the, the, the overconfidence and the, the, the machismo of the people that run the planet right now. Uh, and, you know, they'd rather, you know, go go get on another planet than, you know, figure out how to get along here. Uh, you know, I mean, there's plenty of resources. That's not an issue, you know. There's enough resources to support 70 billion people on this planet, you know. it's That's not an issue. It's, it's the economy, the system of uh, power that, you know, runs things. So, sorry, I might have trailed off a little bit there. <laughs> I love it. That's great. And you brought up a couple things um, as you were speaking. You brought up love. You brought up connectivity, how we're connected. 
in, in deeper ways. You brought up a spiritual calm evolution. So let's look at that for one second. I'd like you to go farther that up is we talk a lot about when we actually do good for others, we're in turn doing good for ourselves. It's one of the yes. concepts we have here is that by being kind to other people, by helping other people, in reality, I'm actually helping myself. You yeah. kind of touched on that just a little bit. Would you go, what can we do if one person could make a difference? If I could do something, what is one or two things we could do for one another that would really end up benefiting ourselves? Do you mind kind of elaborating more from what you were saying? Yes. Um, well, from a spiritual perspective, um, there's nothing we could actually physically do outwardly to affect the situation because the, the situation is a, is a result of an inward condition. So the human ego, its nature is to be selfish and hypocritical. And it's a mechanism for survival. It's, it was necessary, useful to us for a very, very long. And so it's ingrained. It's, we can't be expected to operate any differently. So what we have to do from what I've learned is we have to use our intention, which is when you intend to bestow on others, it actually influences the thoughts that you receive. And then those, those thoughts obviously will influence your actions. So a person can't just say, you know, uh, in, my, in my experience, you know, I'm just gonna go start doing things for others because the ego is a robot that operates according to how much pleasure it can receive. So if it thinks that it's going to receive pain, it's going to discourage that action. And anything not involved with serving itself, the ego is conceived, considers as pain. So people have to literally learn how to rise above their human nature um, so that they can start to operate uh, opposite, opposite of it, which is what Kabbalah teaches. It teaches, uh, you know, basically connecting with people through uh, inverting your, your natural uh, state. Oh, that's so interesting. And you know what? We have studied so many cultures and religions and really this duality that we are fighting every single moment inside of us is really shown right now in the consumeristic type of format. So what type of conditions do we need to create in order for the best human qualities to prevail in us? Uh, well, once uh, we start to scrutinize ourselves and be honest with ourselves and what uh, the human ego has done on the planet um, and start to intend to bestow instead of receive for ourselves alone, uh, then it will actually transform our actual inner being. You know, we'll start to see a different reality literally because now you're not just dealing with the five senses to, to, to detect what's real you start developing a sixth sense that actually can sense the spiritual world. It can see from outside of yourself. So you're, it's, it's a literal out of body experience where you're, you're in the spiritual world before you pass away from the body, basically. So it's, you're connected with everything here and now it's outside of time and space. It's, it's really amazing. Uh, it, and it's, it's something that we would need to teach people from even a kindergarten level just to, and educate children about the meaning of life, you know, and because they ask it anyway, we just tell them the answer. So they, 
get discouraged in asking it, you know? So. That's really, I, I wish we could continue this conversation because it's fascinating. I like that concept that in order for us to truly get to this place, we do need a transformation of how we think. Uh, and it starts with the old Jim Rohn, uh, nothing will change until we do. And how right. you, you have to look inside and get past that so powerful. But as yes. I mentioned, unfortunately, we are limited in time on these shows, but we do, we do want to connect. We're, we're, we're big believers, as you are, in connectivity and connecting with one to another. Yes. Uh, Louis, would you recommend somebody from your circle that we might be able to reach out to invite to be a guest on our show? Um, I uh, have a friend of mine who's been very uh, instrumental in helping me with my spiritual studies. Uh, I, I don't think he would mind me shouting him out. His name is David Mancini, and uh, he's a gentleman from Canada who uh, I met through my Kabbalistic studies, and uh, he's been very encouraging. Like, if I get into a rut where I don't feel like, uh, you know, studying or you know he'll you know get me going again and he has uh, gone further than me in his Kabbalistic studies and I think that he would be a good candidate because he is kind of a pillar in the uh, community uh, in, in the spiritual community and uh, so you know I wouldn't mind you know you guys checking him out seeing if you wouldn't mind coming yes on. definitely we will reach out to david and invite him to the program thank you so much for passing this uh, word along and we do use the rule of six handshakes to get to know people J that just means we all connected through five or less social connections so yeah. we already know each other we just haven't met <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. yes all right Luis. thank you so much for being on with us awesome thank you so much Luis. and i just want to remind our viewers to learn more about the project creative society please visit alatraunites.com and also it is important to click join us now button and you can subscribe to newsletters you can subscribe to receive any other information or you can become a guest on our program and share your vision of a creative society right now we are at the informational stage of the project our goal is for everybody to find out that the creative society is possible and that we are just regular people building it together because we all want to see a bright future and we all want to get a chance to live in a creative society. So Steve, thank you so much for co-hosting. Luis, thank you so much for being on and we'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye-bye. <laughs>